Hi, welcome to Stay Tuned. This Father's Day week, I'm happy to talk about one of my favorite fathers, Steve Douglas on My Three Sons. The show was on the air from 1960 to 1972 for a total of 382 episodes. It debuted on ABC and in 1965 it moved to CBS. The show was based on widower Steve Douglas, who is an aeronautical engineer trying to raise three boys after his wife's death. His father-in-law, Bub, moves in to take over the housekeeping duties. Although Don Fetterson often gets credit for developing My Three Sons, the show was created by George Tibbles and produced by Don Fetterson Productions. When the series moved to CBS in 1965, the latter network assumed full production responsibilities. CBS now holds the series copyright. George Tibbles wrote for a variety of shows and penned the Woody Woodpecker song recorded by Kate Kaiser. He wrote some of my favorite episodes in this show, including Chip Off the Old Block in 1960, Countdown in 1960, Birds and Bees in 61, Charlie and the Kid in 65, Brother Ernie in 65, Robbie Loves Katie and Inspection of the Groom in 1967, and The Great Pregnancy in 1968. The first director was Peter Tewksbury. These early episodes held to no specific generic type, so any episode from week to week might be comedic or dramatic or a combination. Tewksbury's episodes are unusual for their use of crosstalk. It's a way of having the voices off-screen characters heard in the background of the soundtrack, just under the voices of the main characters. Using this clever directorial twist, Tewksbury realistically portrayed the chaotic, fast-paced, an ever-changing sequence of events that was the daily routine of living in the Douglas household. As an example of Tewksbury's use of crosstalk, look at the fourth episode, Countdown. It chronicles the Douglas family's attempts to wake up, prepare for the day, have breakfast, and get out of the house by a common agreed-upon time, all carefully synchronized to a television rocket launch countdown. It has comical and ironic effect. Once the entire family was ready, they suddenly realized that because of daylight savings time, Bub had turned the clocks forward instead of back, and they had been running around like crazy for nothing. Dukesbury returned to directing feature films after the first season because the producers could not handle his perfectionist attitude, which was costing thousands of dollars in lost time and reshoots. The succeeding director, Richard Worf, took over the reins for one season and was in turn followed by former actor-turned-director Gene Reynolds from 62 to 64. James Kern, an experienced Hollywood television director who had previously helmed the Hollywood and Europe episodes of I Love Lucy, continued in the role for two years until his untimely death in late 1966, when James Sheldon was contracted to finish the episodes that were partly completed by Kern. Fred Cordova was the show's longest and most consistent director of the series, for 108 episodes. He left in 1971 to begin producing The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. And at that time, Earl Bellamy rounded out the series as director for the show's final year. Quite a celebrity list of directors. When the show was first created, potential writers were told to emphasize the originality, simplicity, honesty, legitimacy, natural comedy, seriousness of premise scope, and character development. This was a family who might tease each other unmercifully, but also knew they could always count on each other, no matter what the situation was. The family members were far from perfect, but they were realistic. One of the most memorable parts of the show was the theme song. 
When Lawrence Welk did the version of this instrumental, written by Frank Duvall, it peaked at number 55 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1961. In 1960, Fred McMurray was one of the most respected and highest paid actors in Hollywood. It was almost inconceivable that he would agree to star in a television show. The role was originally offered to Eddie Albert, who turned it down, not only this role, but he also turned down Wilbur Post on Mr. Ed. McMurray took the role on when he was guaranteed he would only have to spend 65 days a year filming the show. What was referred to thereafter as the McMurray method was 65 days of consecutive taping with the rest of the cast having to film around these scenes later. He was also given a 50% ownership in Don Federson Productions. When Barry Livingston was asked about him, he said, he was basically a guy from the Midwest, Midwest sensibilities, and even though he was super, super wealthy, just really had modest taste and really wanted to be accepted as your average Joe. I mean, he drove a Pontiac station wagon and his wife would pack a brown paper bag lunch. Steve Douglas was known for his cardigan sweaters. He was always ready with guidance, gentle words, and loving wisdom. William Frawley, best known as Fred Merce on I Love Lucy, accepted the role of Bub. Tim Considine played Mike, the oldest son on the show. He was a former child actor and young adult actor in the 1950s, but he quit the show after arguing with Don Federson. Don Grady, who played middle son Robbie, was the brother of actress Lanny O'Grady, who would go on to be in Eight is Enough. He got eight times the fan mail the other boys did, mostly from young girls. During production of My Three Sons, Grady appeared with his own band, The Griefs, writing two original songs for the show. Stanley Livingston took the role of Chip, originally the youngest son. He was named for the scientist Stanley Livingston. By age 11, he was earning $20,000 a year. In TV Guide at the time, he shared that the food on My Three Sons is lousy. The prop man cooks it. The eggs are sticky. The potatoes are lumpy. It's so bad we always try to get eating scenes done on the first take. John Stevens, who was a production coordinator in 1961, gave an interview to TV Guide and was quoted, because of the way we shoot around McMurray, filming My Three Sons is a jigsaw puzzle for an adult. We once shot all the scenes in the upstairs hall and bedroom from 21 scripts, one right after the other. In one, Stanley would be happy over something, and five minutes later, it was a melodrama. I never once saw him rattled, confused, or upset. In 1965, after the fourth season, Frawley retired due to poor health and died a year later. William Demarest, who had been in show business since he was nine, came on the show as Bub's brother, a former sailor, the boy's Uncle Charlie. To explain Constantine's absence, Mike married his longtime girlfriend and accepted a job as a college professor. Barry Livingston debuted on the show as Chip's friend Ernie, an orphan, in 1965. Stanley Livingston, or Chip, was already the series regular, and Livingston joined the cast permanently, keeping the show's title intact as the third son. To boost ratings, the Douglas family moved to Hollywood, California in 1967. The family's home in California was previously featured as the farm in Gene Autry's 1940 musical Melody Ranch. It wasn't far from Gilligan's Lagoon, which was also on the lot. Robbie meets his future wife in California, and they eventually marry and have triplets. The triplets did pose some issues. They had to find two sets of twins so three of them could be on camera at one time and one on reserve. They had to be born between June 17th and 24th, have light hair, blue eyes, and be California residents. They could only be on the set two hours a day, in front of the camera 20 minutes, 
and each exposure could not last more than 30 seconds due to the bright lights. Tina Cole came on as Katie, but she was not a rookie on the show. She previously appeared on three other episodes as three different characters before taking the role of Katie Miller Douglas. In 1970, another change occurred in the family. Steve went to school to talk with the substitute teacher about Ernie. After being gone for hours with Ernie extremely worried how much trouble he was in, Steve comes home only to realize that he and the teacher had never even brought up Ernie's behavior, but they did have another date scheduled. They ended up getting married and Barbara's daughter Dodie moves into the house as well. Beverly Garland, who played Barbara, had a long acting resume when she accepted the part of Barbara. Dodie was played by Don Lynn, the real-life sister of 80s pop idol Leif Garrett. On a later season, Chip elopes with his girlfriend, Polly Williams. In 1964, Ronnie Troop, who played Polly, was working as a television background extra and had actually appeared on My Three Sons in the classrooms featuring Don Grady. She was subsequently offered the role of Polly, wife of Chip Douglas, a role she played for two years. I always felt that My Three Sons didn't get the respect it deserves. It consistently focused on character development. Problems occur in the Douglas household. The boys fight. They call each other names. Real problems come up, too. The show ran for 12 seasons. The issues were the ones we all faced growing up. Not often major, but important to families. The show survived location changes without sacrificing quality. Bob left and Charlie came on board. Mike got married and moved away. Ernie took his place. The family moved from New York to California. Robbie met Katie, went to college, and had a family of his own. Chip married and moved out of the house. Steve remarried, also gaining a daughter. I grew up with the Douglas family, and I appreciated what I learned from the show. Many critics complain about it, along with many of the other 1960s sitcoms, that it's too warm and fuzzy. I do understand that kids in the 60s and 70s were exposed to awful home situations, abuse, addiction, but it was not reality for most kids. I too experienced living with alcoholism and the strain it caused on my parents' marriage, but most of the issues I had to deal with were not those. They were the same ones as kids on the show. Why the boy I liked didn't know I existed, that I had told a white lie to get out of doing something I didn't want to do, or that my friend said something to hurt my feelings. Those things were also reality for me and my siblings. The characters were fully developed and became friends and people we chose to spend time with every week. This show was on when I was born and continued on the air until I was in seventh grade. That covers a lot of nurturing lessons during those needy years. The writers had a lot of fun quirks that I don't see on other shows. On one show, I remember Charlie playing solitaire, and almost every time someone walked in the room, they pointed out a move. It was never addressed, but it continued to happen just like in real life. In one episode, you can see Ernie in the background trying to do something. I forget what the actual detail was, but he struggled trying to accomplish this as other characters interacted. His issue was never referred to. It was just there. I also appreciate in this era of shows where it's not unusual to spend thousands and thousands of dollars upon episodes on costumes, My Three Sons was more realistic. The cast got a wardrobe for the season. You would see them wearing the same clothing over and over, just like we did. After I grew up, the show continued to resonate with me, although I identified more with Katie and Robbie, and later with Steve. Steve Douglas was always a father figure in my life. My Three Sons will always have a special place in my heart, and it's one of the shows I can watch episodes over and over and find something new each time. 
Thanks you for being such a great dad to so many kids and helping me learn how to be a better parent to my own three sons.